What's up, Eagle Hackers? Welcome to Season 18, Episode 26, Cognitive Mechanics. Talking about the Mind Temple, Cognitive Origins, Authority versus uh, Validation. Thank you for attending the uh, live lecture. Also, if you guys haven't already, please make sure you have picked up uh, your access to Ego Hacking uh, by text, which is an awesome course. Uh, there is a video in it, a particular video. It's 30 minutes long. It's a, a bonus video, and uh, quite frankly, it is probably my best work, or at least a demonstration of my best work. Uh, within this video, I take the time to actually walk people through uh, how to ego hack somebody, as well as how to psychoanalyze them just through text messages. And it shows you just how easy it is, or at least how easy it is to me, because I've done it for so long and I'm so capable. So you can utilize that, especially if you're an expert sensor, to kind of learn how I do things uh, and just kind of you know apply it to your own life and your own strategies uh, from there uh, to be able to get to a point where you know potentially you can increase your skills with EBT. But yeah, EBT is a groundbreaking course. It was fantastic, very successful launch. Uh, so special thanks to all of you out there who have actually uh, purchased it and gotten involved with it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really great, and we're going to slowly be adding to it over time uh, to make it better and better and better. Uh, so yeah, uh, that um, that all being said, uh, let's actually get uh, right into the lecture for today. Uh, I'm I am due. Uh, I'm due to fly in uh, to Los Angeles tomorrow, so I'm scrambling to get that figured out while simultaneously being entirely exhausted. Yippee skippy. Uh, so yeah, um, we'll see where that goes. All right, cool. So uh, what is the Mind Temple? The Mind Temple is the temple that focuses on learning and education. And uh, learning and education, it's all about getting educated. I actually had an opportunity to criticize my ISTP cousin just recently. And uh, he was going through a crisis. He still is kind of going through the crisis, but I think he's got it handled now. He called me up, told me about the crisis and how horrible it was. And you know how you know ISTPs get when they're all about joy versus melancholy with their virtue and vice. They have this issue where they just end up becoming suicidal when faced with certain things in their life. Great. Uh, like, I, I loathe when they do this because it's like, really, the only reason you're suicidal at all is because you lack education. That's literally what I told him to his face. I was like, look, the only reason you're feeling this way is because you're not educated. If you were actually properly educated in this situation, you wouldn't feel this way. He's like, oh, well, what do I need to know? So I gave him a bunch of resources and walked him through the entire thing and then also started sharing some private information about myself with him so that he could understand under no uncertain terms that uh, I am not a hypocrite and I actually live my life, my life in a certain way uh, so that uh, the situation that he is in would never actually happen to me, basically. So uh, he understood that, he took that uh, to heart uh, his whole suicidal attitude just basically completely went away. And now that he's properly educated, he's making moves and uh, definitely back on track to heading towards happiness, just insta-quick, boom. So as a result of that, uh, I, think, um, I, think, uh, I think he's in a much better place, thank God. Uh, I do love my cousin. Um, he's probably the man on the planet that I respect the most. 
And uh, all I had to do is just use the small ego hacking technique of calling out his uh, temple to him, which is the mind temple, and questioning his level of education. Because that's all you have to do to a mind temple, especially a pride type, is question their level of education for them to realize that maybe they are actually inept in a certain area. Because it's so easy for mind temple people, especially mind temple Templars, to feel suicidal, especially ISTPs, uh, because they pridefully think that they know everything there is to know about XYZ subject. And then they end up getting super mega depressed because they're dealing with XYZ subject or XYZ thing, right? And uh, based on that, uh, they get mega depressed. And then all of a sudden their FI demon feels entitled to actually commit suicide, which I find utterly ridiculous. When the reality of the situation is it's just their pride getting in the way because if they actually had a shred of humility, they might actually understand that they don't know a goddamn thing. And because they don't know anything, maybe, just maybe, you know, maybe they should get educated first. Because that's the thing. It's, 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 it's hilarious, like, how they have this weird relationship with suicide where it's like, you know, hey, um, you know, I know everything there is to know. And because I know everything there is to know, I can't get out of the situation, so I may as well just off myself. Okay? To which I'm like, actually, there's this thing you don't know. Maybe you should postpone offing yourself until you know these things. Okay, yeah, you're right, Chase. I'll go check that out goes and reads the books, goes and participates, goes and understands, goes and learns, goes and gets educated, comes back. Yeah, you're right, Chase. Suicide is dumb. And I'm like, yeah, because like that's literally how it is normally all the time. It's the problem is, is that their pride gets in the way and their pride becomes their own prison. And then as a result of that prideful prison, uh, they end up being incapable or wanting to change because they've just given up hope. The only reason they've given up hope is because they don't actually know anything or they don't know the incomplete everything. Because like I said, they do that whole ignorance of TI thing going on where like, for example, uh, they're making decisions based on preferred information or making decisions based on old information, old and outdated information. And uh, oftentimes I see ISTPs leaning more towards the old and outdated information instead of uh, making decisions based on uh, preferred information so they're less echo chamber e ish and that's the thing but yeah like just understand like there's there's some differences there that you know they need to be aware of but again this is that's that's the whole point of the mind temple and that's just one example of how i utilize the mind temple its uh, main purpose is ultimately learning and education and uh you know it serves at the feet of introverted uh, thinking and also uh, introverted intuition uh, to a point. So like, yeah, it's, it's basically like the INFJ of the soul temple to a point, the INFJ of the, um, of, of the human race, basically. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically what the mind temple is all about. So quote, the mind temple focuses on knowledge and skills. The types within the mind temple view the world's problems as stemming from a lack of learning built up in others. And that's basically what I was calling my cousin Mike out. I was just be like, look, dude, your lack of learning is what's actually causing the depression. Maybe you should get educated so that you don't have to be depressed anymore. And this is like some ongoing thing that him and I have been dealing with over the last six weeks with him. So I'm glad that he did not end his life, thank God. It's too bad, though, that my friend Conrad ended his life recently, now eight weeks ago, and I was not able to save his life, sadly. Um, but, you know, he decided to alienate me, and I would have been there for him, but he alienated me and uh, used me for what? For, for greed? Great. 
So it's too bad I wasn't there to uh, speak into his life and prevent a problem. I did love him dearly, but he just he just wouldn't listen. That TI demon wouldn't listen. So the Mind Temple has this perspective of knowledge is power, and the more you know, uh, they basically reveal the Mind Temple's compass, which is to learn to teach as, as moral necessity. Uh, learning and teaching is everything to these people. And, uh, you know, from their perspective, it's not who you know, it's what you know, right? That's, that's what they're all about, whereas the ENFP of the Soul Temple would say something entirely different. I guess that's why the Soul Temple and the Mind Temple get along so well, you know, from that point of view. So the origins of authority and validation are the two cognitive origins, uh, and they're ultimately wielded by this temple to implement their vision for an educated and skilled uh, society. It's all about power. It's all about worth. It's all about worthiness. You know, and there's nothing, there's nothing that uh, the mind temple gets off more on than feeling worthy and feeling powerful. That's what they are all about. It's all about being worthy and powerful. So as a result, those cognitive origins are authority and validation. So what exactly is a cognitive origin? A cognitive origin is basically what an individual is seeking the most out of life. You know, so, uh, so our cognitive origin is what we're seeking most cognitive meaning concerned with the act or process of knowing, uh, perceiving, etc. cetera. Uh, origin is something from which anything arises or is derived or a source. And thus in a metaphysical sense, we could replace cognitive with psyche or soul giving us the origin of our soul or our psychic origin. This would translate to cognitive origin to mean that for which our souls are made. Uh, and this is really important because a lot of people don't even understand the power of cognitive origins. Cognitive origins and utilizing them from an ego hacking perspective is probably the absolute best attack vector that you can utilize when trying to determine attack service in another individual that you're planning on ego hacking. And that is absolutely, utterly, crazy because it's like the fast track to success when it comes to ego hacking and this is this is known as the ultimate ego hack which is actually covered in the ebt class <clears throat> ego hacking by text.com if you haven't gotten it already so let's actually examine the individual origins initially so what exactly is the cognitive origin of authority authority is the first engine in the mind temple the first origin in the mind temple belonging to the estj and the infp uh, the reason why they care about authority is because they often struggle with feelings of powerlessness on a regular basis, okay? This is why they always try and have power and authority in their lives because of those feelings of powerlessness. Authority is the seat of influence, power, and ultimately expertise. No one is more aware of power games than an ESTJ and INFP. This is why I maintain the most powerful human being on the planet, uh, likely the uh, head of the Rothschild family is actually an INFP. Uh, and the entire world is orchestrated uh, from that man's fingertips. Uh, the four poles of authority are initiative, sloth, manifestation, and credulity. You know, so looking from a, a temple wheel uh, perspective, which let's see if I can actually temporarily share my screen here to that end. And let's actually move my face over yonder. Uh, there we go. Um, so yeah, initiative, here's authority, we have initiated, initiative, we have credulity, we have sloth, manifestation. Manifestation is the shadow pole, credulity is the, um, is the uh, aspiration pole, initiative is the living virtue, and sloth is the uh, deadly sin uh, from that point of view. So, so uh, yeah, 
So let's let's look at what initiative actually is. One of the biggest problems that uh, authority types actually have is that they end up becoming storage containers for authority. This is especially bad. Well, it's, it's for, it, for ESTJs usually, but it's it's bad for both of them. And because that power is not moving through an individual through a person, it ends up causing that power and authority to actually decay. So they end up losing their origin if they try to store up for themselves their origin, which is a problem. So, they, so it's basically a use it or lose it prospect when it comes to the cognitive origin of authority. So initiative uh, basically achieves the cognitive origin of authority through embracing the grind to obtain credentials and expertise that lead to influence. While using initiative, these types are restless and externally focused, only able to see the next checkpoint in achievement of their goals. There's often a leadership component when this dyad is in initiative, where they become the greatest conductors of power out of the 16 types. So let me take a moment to actually define what leadership actually means. Leadership is when you are transferring power and authority from, from yourself to other people, and then you're holding them accountable with that power and authority. That's literally what that means, okay? So uh, that's, a, that's a really, really big deal. And then they're, uh, so yeah, so when they're taking initiative, they're oftentimes that leads into an area of leadership. That's not to say that, you know, the other, uh, the other aspects of the temple wheels, like we just saw, couldn't also lead into leadership. But leadership is necessary to be a conductor of power instead of a storage uh, device of power. Because the more you store power, the more you lose it. The more you conduct power, the more you gain it, basically. So sloth, which is their deadly sin, achieves power through sitting on one's current authority. As Robert Greene, an INFP, says in The 48 Laws of Power, never seem to be in a hurry. Hurrying betrays a lack of control over yourself and over time. Sloth is necessary to preserve the image of power. However, sloth also risks the inevitable erosion of power. While stagnation is prolonged, power decays when this dyad becomes more static containers of authority without power flowing through them. So again, initiative is all about being a conductor of power and having power flowing through them to other people, which just causes them to gain more power and influence over time anyway, because they're exercising leadership. Leadership is the key to generating power and ultimately keeping it in the long run. Whereas, you know, from a sloth perspective and, and taking the initiative to do so, whereas from a slothful perspective, sloth people are just trying to be storage containers of power that ends up decaying over time. And it kind of, it just, it entirely sucks. And then there is manifestation, which is the shadow pole. Manifestation is the mindset of feeling empowered to bring their goals into existence. They embody the future version of themselves that they want to be and act today in the way they hope to be tomorrow. Through leadership, they gain the ability to manifest other people's dreams, not just their own. This is also known as fake it until you make it. So faking it until they make it. This is literally how INFPs and ESTJs figure it out. Fake it until you make it or manifestation is an extremely powerful tool. I actually, in my life, in particular certain situations, I've had to use manifestation actually to manifest good things, great things in my life, even on a point of survival. I had to fake being some kind of thing to get people to think that I was a certain thing so that they would give me opportunities. And I did get, and I did do that. I did get those opportunities. And as a result of those opportunities, I was even able to feed my family and feed my children and no longer be homeless. So manifestation is an extremely powerful and potent tool. In my opinion, it's the most powerful tool that uh, this dyad has within the mind temple. 
I highly, highly recommend experimenting it with yourself sometimes, even though fake it to your make it can also be very dangerous, especially when you are exposed. And then there's credulity. Credulity is the aspiration pole, which achieves authority by bending to what others regard as true in order to become an influence in those circles. ESTJs and INFPs put on a coat of beliefs and presumptions that they believe will give them greater influence. But credulity is also an openness to try on all of the opinions of others, which with time can give the ESTJ and the INFP the power to find ultimate wisdom, such as Robert Greene's approach to his work. Credulity is an apex of open-mindedness. So credulity is also like the negative part of credulity. It's like, you know, you're outsourcing your thinking to other people. But at the same time, because you're outsourcing your thinking to other people, you if you just make sure that you're filtering those people down to just wise people, then you're going to basically happen upon and find the ultimate wisdom. And that'll become your I win button as a philosopher type, right? This is essentially what Robert Greene did when he put together the 48 Laws of Power, as well as the 33 Strategies of War and any of his other books, because he just did research and chose a particular subject uh, and then wrote on it based on his research, because uh, Robert Greene is absolutely a credulous INFP. So that's it for uh, that cognitive origin. Let's look at the cognitive origin of validation as to pertaining to the ISTP and the ENFJ. So validation is the second origin of the mind temple belonging to the ISTP and the ENFJ. Validation is the ISTP and ENFJ's obsession with being right or being correct or being accurate and further to validate and affirm the values and pain of others. And they often are trying to be affirmed themselves. The four poles of validation are humility, pride, accommodation, and obstinance. So we're gonna take a look at, uh, ah, well, probably not, it's not, not working for me for some reason. But yeah, humility, that is the uh, living virtue. So humility achieves validation by this diet opening up their minds to more realistic perspectives. It's willingness to be corrected and be shown different perspectives. Humility allows the ENFJ and the ISTP to give themselves permission to accept validation from others. Why is this important? Because ENFJs and ISTPs are known as the teaching dyad. They teach everyone and everything. They're all about teaching. And if they're not willing to humble themselves and become the student, how would they ever actually be a good teacher? They so desperately want to be good teachers, especially since teaching is actually the only way an ENFJ and an ISTP actually learns new things, is through teaching. This is why they often struggle with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is like, well, I'm not an expert in this. I'm not, I'm not trained in this. I'm not qualified. You always hear about ENFJs and ISTPs talking about how not qualified they are. I think it's the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. Because there are people like me out there in the world, and there's many people like me out there in the world where we don't care what your credentials are, what your expertise is. We just need to know that you can solve the problem. We're gonna take you at your word, and then thank God that we're not having to learn how to do this thing by ourselves. That's where the ENFJ and the ISTP come in, and it creates a shared learning experience, and that is how they learn, right? But if they don't have the, the humility to humble themselves to the level of student in their life, then they will never make or ever be really great teachers. And then as a result, their personal happiness will be entirely destroyed. Let's look at their deadly sin of pride. The one thing I loathe about them the most. 
Pride achieves validation when the ENFJ and ISTP believes they are the only source of validation. Pride creates and reinforces an echo chamber of, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, and that closes this dyad off from being open to others' thoughts or critiques. Pride feeds their belief that I am my own source of validation. Uh, so this is important because, you know, oftentimes, I think it was like Pope Gregory, Pope Gregory in the year 1400-ish, and that's when he changed, you know, the definition of, uh, you know, vainglory and actually put it as a deadly sin inside of pride, even though vainglory is not, and pride are like two different things. And that's, uh, that's really significant because, you know, the church was trying to hide how vainglorious the church was, and they wanted to hide it, you know, behind pride, etc. And that was just entirely ridiculous. So then there is the shadow pole of this dyad, which is the accommodation, which achieves validation through transactionally validating others in order to receive validation in return. Accommodation, along with humility, is among the most flexible attributes in all eight temple wheels. Accommodating ENFJs and ISTPs can literally adjust to any person and situation to give and receive validation. Not unlike the ISTP woman who sets up her friend with another friend, one of her male friends, one of her female friends, and then sets them up and then they start a relationship. But, and they're very accommodating. They accommodate that entire relationship. Then all of a sudden the FI demon of the ISTP woman becomes entitled because they see them being super happy uh, with that relationship that they accommodated. And then the ISTP ends up attempting to seduce the man in the relationship and then ends up having a sexual relationship with the man as well because they don't want to be left out. That's like the bad part of accommodation. And I've seen that with ISTPs over and over and over and over. It is a huge problem. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman, but it's extremely common. It's mostly common among ISTP women where they will accommodate other people's relationships and then destroy those relationships because they feel left out or they get entitled their FI demon. Because it's like, well, this would have never have happened without me, so let's see if I can get anything out of it. Ugh, gross. So frustrating. So, yeah. Anyway. It's, um, it's a huge problem. So, yeah. And then there's obstinance, which... I loathe entirely. Uh, obstinance, this is basically like they just arbitrarily choose to not listen to you by just because they want to. I hate that. Obstinance, achieves validation by expressing extreme resolve over one's viewpoint. It's the kind of certainty that isn't necessarily pride, which relies on preferred input because obstinance relied on old input. Okay, so this is where we talk about the, the ignorance of TI again. Prideful obstinance, however, is extremely dangerous because it relies on preferred and old input. The essence of obstinance is as follows. If it doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't make sense. And God, it's uh, like we, we were literally seeing obstinance come out on the Discord server with blessed in the general verified chat. So for those of you that are CS verified and also in the... Uh, in the chat, you know, like that's, that's really frustrating, you know, because, you know, she's doing that TE nemesis thing with TI hero. Cause she has TI hero. And it's like, well, if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not going to make sense to anybody. And it's like, okay, thank you, Miss Obstinate. Thank you very, very much. Great. Thank you for wasting all of our time. Good job on you. Good on you. Amazing. Thank you. Right. So 
So yeah, that's uh, it's entire entirely rid ridiculous. So yeah. So uh, so that brings us to internal and external origins. So just as each pole is expressed internally and externally, each origin is expressed internally and externally. So this is where we get into like you know ISTPs and ENFJs. We have different sources, right? So the ISTP is a very big source of validation, and they are basically the arbiters of, of choosing what is valid and what is not, basically. Um, whereas the ENFJ, they are consumers of validation, and they're the ones who are seeking out validation the most, right? And then uh, INFPs are producers of authority. They produce authority. They produce power. Uh, whereas the ESTJs are the ones who are consuming and uh, instead of producing power and authority on a regular basis. Um, and then not only that, like, while that may be the case, there, there's shadows, like the shadow sides of their minds, like their, their unconscious sides of the mind, they're also utilizing the exact same origins, just the other one. So like, for example, take an ISTP, their ESTJ shower is a consumer of power, right? So they consume power, they consume authority, while they're also a source of validation. So it's like this weird trade-off that they have, you know, so if, let's say they get with their golden pair, which is the ESTJ, you know, they're also... They're also producing a validation and consuming and consuming power as well. And then they cognitive transition. And then all of a sudden those roles reverse, right? So we're going to be talking a lot about sources and consumers of uh, cognitive origins in the very near future. And it is one of the things that is going to be heavily featured in the upcoming Ego Hacking by Text Masterclass. The Ego Hacking by Text Masterclass is utterly amazing and uh, going to be very groundbreaking and actually going to be fundamentally transforming everyone's understanding of cognitive functions uh, forever and ever. I highly recommend you guys get into the Masterclass because this information will likely be one of the very few places that you will be able to find it. And uh, it's going to be a minimum of two hour long lecture, maybe three hours, it just depends. And there's a, so much content to deliver all at once. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, uh, we all uh, enjoy it uh, together. So anyway, but because of this, uh, you know, obviously, this brings up some social engineering possibilities, some ego hacking possibilities, and we're going to be discussing that uh, within the masterclass as well. So here's the thing, though. Cognitive origins. Once you understand cognitive origins, it's really important that you also combine that understanding with Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. It's basically known as the law of reciprocity. The thing is, the law of reciprocity, it's not interest-based. It's actually systematic. Okay, most people think that the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, means that you only do unto others as you would have them do unto you, unless they are doing that for you already. That's transactional. That is not, that is not true. It's actually a command saying that you have to treat other people in a way that you would want to be treated, regardless if they're ever going to treat you that way. That's why it's systematic. It is not an interest-based statement. And most people assume the golden rule is an interest-based statement. And this continues to uh, you know, make problems over and over and over. And, and I, I highly disagree with that. So... But the point is, is that the reality of the situation is, is that when it comes to cognitive origins, which are the things that we ourselves seek the most out of life and are trying to get for ourselves, in order for us to do that, um, we have to basically take responsibility and give cognitive origins to others. So ESTJs and INFPs within their dyads should consider ways they can not only empower others, but openly give their service to the right authorities. 
by empowering others, this dyad will be ultimately raised up and also empowered as well. So that's what it is. It's all about leadership, right? They have to empower others in order for themselves to be empowered. This is not unlike INTJs, for example, you know, showing deep respect for other people in order for others to deeply respect them. Okay, it's not hard. It's just give and take. It's pretty simple. ENFJs and ISTPs should consider ways that they could validate other people. That would be nice, which often doesn't happen because they're being validation hogs and hogging it for themselves and they're sharing with other people. Through active listening and empathy. It's kind of hard to do when the ENFJ is the cruelest of all the types, right? But they can be very empathetic for sure, but sometimes they can be insanely cruel. So others will often return this behavior, but ultimately this dyad will grow exponentially when they allow others to help them. So ENFJs and ISTPs, you have to learn how to help other people. And then when people offer you help, let go of your pride, let go of your obstinance, basically, and then help them. Okay, it's not, it is not hard. It is not hard. That is what you have to do. Okay. So while we seek to have each of our origins fulfilled, they're also the greatest gifts we can give to other people. None of the 16 types can empower a person more than an ESTJ or an INFP, and no one can affirm others the way an ENFJ and an ISTP can. When you actually think about it from like the perspective of the love languages, this makes a lot of sense. You know, words of affirmation, for example. You know, I wonder how words of affirmation actually are, are coming and going from ENFJs and ISTPs in that specific dyad, right? Love languages absolutely matter. And this is one of the ways that it absolutely applies via cognitive origin, folks. That's what it means. So, all right, awesome. Um, just a, a short little lecture uh, for this evening, just to give you guys, uh, you know, an educated uh, look at the mind temple cognitive origins of authority and validation. So anyway, folks, uh, plus I got to get ready for uh, my trip uh, tomorrow. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching and listening. And I will see you guys for episode 27 for season 18, Cognitive Mechanics, next month on the second Tuesday of January uh, 2023. So with all that being said, folks, I'll see you guys tonight on the Discord. Later.